Welcome to the Gold Exchange Podcast, where we untangle market and policy complexity using timeless economic principles. For show notes and archives, go to goldexchangepodcast.com. Now, on to today's episode. We're here at the New Orleans Investment Conference. I'm Benjamin Nadelstein with Monetary Metals. I'm here, as always, with founder and CEO of Monetary Metals, Keith Weiner. Now, Keith, we've been talking a lot about the idea of interest rate hikes to kind of curb demand, this kind of idea of demand destruction to lower inflation. What do you think about that? So I, I really want to go off on this because I think, first of all, the idea is just morally reprehensible, and that really needs to be said. There's something unjust, there's something monstrously wrong with this idea that hey, you know, all these other consumers are competing against me at the grocery store or at the BMW dealership. And so if the government can somehow wave its magic wand and render all these people unemployed, then they won't have the money anymore and therefore they won't outcompete me to buy what I want to buy and the prices will be cheaper. I mean, that idea of suppressing somebody else or repressing somebody else uh, in order to get a gain um, there's just something wrong with that, and I hope that everybody listening to this gets to the moral point first. But having said that, there's an economic point, and of course most of my uh, writings and most of my uh, you know, talks focus on the economic point, informed by a moral uh, view, but really I'm an economist, not a, not a moralizer, a uh, moralist, but an economist. And that is... I think most people would be aware of Say's Law, proposed by Jean-Baptiste Say um, in the 19th century. And he said, and this is totally misunderstood, and the Keynesians, I think, deliberately misunderstand it, supply is demand. And what he's trying to say is something, at essence, very simple. You come to market to buy stuff, but your ability to buy stuff depends on the stuff you bring to sell at market. Whatever it is you produce, um, is sold and that is your purchasing power. Your purchasing power is your you know, production power. Or saying another way, what people purchase from you, that is precisely the measure of what you can purchase from others. Um, it's done indirectly, it's not a direct barter. It's really obvious if, if there's only two of us on an island and I produce coconuts and you produce fish, then the amount of fish I can buy from you is determined by how much coconuts you buy from me. You buy the coconuts from me by giving me fish, I buy the fish from you by giving you coconuts. That's really obvious. Sure. Now you add a third person, a fourth person, and a 30, you know, three millionth person, and a four millionth person, and a 300 millionth person, and a four billionth person, it becomes so much more indirect, and therefore abstract, and therefore harder to see, and therefore a lot of clear things slip through the cracks and you know, disappear into the, uh, into the fog. But at the end of the day, what you can purchase, it comes from what you can produce. So this idea that we're going to render people unemployed to reduce demand, the only way to reduce demand is, you know, rent, and which is the same thing as saying um, unemploying people, we're reducing supply. The idea that we reduce demand without reducing supply and therefore get lower prices mm. is a contradiction in terms, it's an absurdity that you'd have to be a central planner or an apologist. So I, I think there's um, this is another one of my rants. I think there's three kinds of people running around this world calling themselves economists. And the first type 
uh, you know, works for the Fed or some other central planning agency. The Soviet Union, they called it Gosplan, um, but every socialist dictatorship has it. And these are the dirigistes, which is the French word. These are the central planners. Their interest in so-called economics is nothing more than what are the formulas uh, by which they can determine how to centrally plan, you know, how much wheat to grow and where to distribute it and, and what prices to set and so forth. And um, as Mises pointed out in 1922, economic calculation is impossible um, if you have full and consistent central planning, you don't have a, a price system anymore. The second kind of um, person running around calling himself an economist, I call them the court economists. That is, they're not really interested in studying the truth. Uh, they're interested in finding the propaganda, finding the message that sells to the victim. So if you're, gonna, if you're the guy who's about to be rendered unemployed, how do I sell you on the idea of you know, lessening demand. Right. So I have to have a whole uh, a song and dance to give you to, to get you to say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and it's like the, all the motorists stuck in traffic jams, um, you know, hearing on the, on the morning commute uh, show um, of why the you know, city government is going to spend $10 billion to uh, put in a light rail system. And the guy in that car is thinking, oh, I'm of course, not drive, you know, taking the light rail system. I right. wouldn't have my car. Yeah. It doesn't go to a convenient place. Right. I have to drive three miles to a parking ride to get on the light rail. But all these other schmoes yeah. on the road, they're going to take the light rail. They're going to be out of my way, right. and they'll have a clean shot. It'll only take me 10 minutes to get downtown. Right. Um, it's the same thing with, yeah, other people are going to be rendered unemployed. Right. Um, and so the court economists are selling people on uh, the story. Um, there are very few economists that are actually interested in studying the science of how the economy actually works, what's really going on. And um, those tend to be the more free market people that are at places like this that are really interested in, look, it's not what you wish that will happen, it's what's gonna happen, and why is it gonna happen? And uh, so there's a lot of interesting presentations here in New Orleans about that. Um, but anyway, so, so getting back to economics and unemployment, it should be self-evident that every person who is employed, I mean, unless it's a make-work job, like a government regulator or on the private sector side, compliance, which is the counterpart to the regulator, making work for each other. The compliance person says, or the regulator says, you have to do this. The compliance person says, here's this. The regulator says, now I need to hire more people to read the thing that you just produced, which I demanded you produce. But most people working in the productive sector are producing something. Right. If you lay them off, then they're not producing anymore. So by cutting employment, you're cutting supply. And which John Baptiste you know, said very elegantly you know, 200 years ago approximately, um, supply is demand. The idea of cutting demand to cut consumer prices is an absurdity that's a contradiction that I, I think people should be able to see. And if you see that, you realize that the Fed isn't just pursuing the wrong policy, they're not even wrong. The theory isn't even wrong. Right. Um, and that expression comes from um, Wolfgang Pauli, 20th century physicist. Somebody gave him a paper and he read it and he crumpled it up and he threw it in the waste paper basket and he says, this isn't even wrong. It doesn't rise to the level of being wrong. And um, in objectivist philosophy, there's the concept of you know, true, false, and arbitrary. And an arbitrary proposition is one 
that doesn't have any connection to reality, not even the negative one of being wrong, right. that isn't saying anything about reality at all. If I say, this statement is true, or this statement is false, referring to my own statement, well, my sta statement is self-referential, it's not referring to reality, it's referring only to itself, and therefore, it's, it's an arbitrary proposition uh, to be dismissed out of hand. The Fed's idea of, let's lay everybody off to reduce prices is, um, it's just such a thing. And then, of course, the final thing is that even if it were true, let's say the turn of the last century, 1900, that um, unemployed people don't buy consumer goods because they don't have any money, we have a massive welfare state today. There are so many different welfare programs. The government's going to cover your housing, your food, uh, your health care, obviously, uh, various other things that are deemed to be necessities, and then they'll put some spending money in your pocket plus a lot of these people get on disability and other programs too. The idea that unemployed people will consume less um, isn't even necessarily true because of government largesse. Right. So that's, now, that's not a problem with the theory of it, that's a problem with the practice of it, but an equally severe problem. So I think this whole thing is wrong-headed, wrong-footed, and um, not going to work out uh, in the way that um, they're uh, so-called theory, um, you know, and I say so-called, a theory is an attempt to explain reality. If you're interested in forcing reality to meet your whims with the central planner, right. or if you're interested in just finding whatever propaganda uh, will sell to the victims, that's not a theory. A theory starts with, here's the observation, now what's, how do I explain the observation? These people don't even have a theory, so I say their so-called theory will render people unemployed, isn't going to work, isn't working already. Um, unemployment is, is surely rising and going to rise a lot more. Um, but w just like the 1970s, we're going to find that the, um, you can have very high unemployment if the Fed wants to push it that far. Um, and you can have, at the same time, very high inflation. inflation. Right. Right, so the Keynesian idea of the so-called Phillips curve, right. that inflation and unemployment are a trade-off, is not true. And the 1970s should have debunked it. That, so-called theory should it be on right. the, the dustbin of history, um, and it's not, and it's gonna, it's gonna come back and become popular again. Anyway, rant off, um, and, uh, but I wanted to say that because this topic keeps coming up uh, in all of our interviews here uh, in New Orleans. Well, Keith, thanks. We always love a good Keith rant. Say's <laughs> Law, economics, the Fed, the 1970s, and of course, the banana. And the, the wrong trousers. The wrong trousers, it's all good stuff. I, so. I sometimes think that, um, the best thing in life is going around collecting the cool expressions. Yeah, right. Well, this is a great spot to collect cool, uh, cool expressions Absolutely. and uh, some great investing ideas. So, Keith, thanks, and we'll see more of you on the Gold Exchange Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Monetary Metals. Monetary Metals is a different kind of gold company. Others buy and sell gold. Monetary Metals operates the Gold Yield Marketplace, a platform of products that offer a yield on gold paid in gold to investors and institutions, and our gold financing simplified, reliable financing denominated in gold with a built-in hedge for gold-using and gold-producing businesses. To learn more, visit www.monetary-metals.com. See you next time.